Well, we're going to try it again, John. All right. Day two, <laughs> Brad and John in the morning. Uh, my name is Brad. His name is John Combest. And what he does is, as we sort of determined yesterday, he's the political provocateur, correct? That's a great way to describe it, Brad. Thank you. That's and, quite flattering. And by the way, much better sound this morning. I don't know what you did. Oh, thanks. But, yeah, sound- this is a little bit behind the scenes stuff, but I'm hooked up to an Ethernet cord now, so there will be no dropping out. Well, we hope at least not. You yeah. know, we, have, we have some situations from time to time. Okay, now... Those of you who listened yesterday was our first time, and we're trying this out. We're going to see what the hell happens here. Uh, this whole radio station, Egbert has given us the chance of a lifetime where essentially he's saying, hey, have fun with my radio station, do some good stuff, just don't screw it up, right? Don't you like That's bosses? exactly right. Don't you like bosses like that when they tell you that <laughs> just don't screw it up, right? Okay. Well, it's never the, it's usually not their neck on the line. So, I mean, Brad, what do you and I have to lose? Nothing. Uh, I got a lot to lose, but that's a whole other story. Okay, so... What John does, John's done this, and I, I find this amazing, since, what was the exact date? October of 2021? October 2nd, 2001. So you are 20, what, 22 years now? 22 years yeah, plus? Yeah, about a little more than 22 years. Every single day, if you go to John's website, it's his name, John Combest, C-O-M-B-E-S-T, and John is the traditional J-O-H-N, uh, johncombest.com. He does like a recap or sort of like just an aggregation of all the stories, sort of like the the uh, Drudge Report, but the state of Missouri version, right? That's exactly right. So newspapers, radio stations, television stations. So let's start it out by asking, and I've got something I want to talk about, and I don't know if this is going to show up in your radar this morning. Um, what's the top three things going on in the state of Missouri, according to the political provocateur John Combest this morning? What would <laughs> well, you say? Well, this morning, if you go to johncombest.com, you'll see I lead this morning with an interview that Congressman Mark Alford did with a mid-Missouri radio station, uh, the Eagle in mid-Missouri. Mark Alford represents the Kansas City area, so not the downtown area which is represented by Emanuel Cleaver, but kind of the suburbs area and a wide swath of western Missouri. He's got so like- he talks a little bit, Congressman Alford talks a little bit about spending, why he voted against continuing resolutions, a little bit about the Republican infighting in Washington, D.C., and he also officially announced that he's running for re-election. Closer to home, uh, St. Louis announced yesterday, St. Louis City announced that they missed out on about a half a million dollars in revenue because according to the city, they forgot to file the necessary paperwork with the state to collect a marijuana tax. Really? So this was a huge oversight. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones, spokeswoman, uh, or spokesman, I should say, you never know these days, (laughs) uh, called it unacceptable that the city missed this deadline but it's not quite clear uh, who dropped the ball here. Now, now, so okay, let, the city let me, missed out on half a million dollars in revenue that surely it could have used, and that's all because of an oversight. Well, let me ask you something on that. See, because I know the marijuana thing, I mean, you know, I have to tell you, I have a real problem with this whole situation. I really do. Because once again, why and, – and let me, let me go back for a minute. This is a tax grab on the, the state – and the county and the municipal levels. Now, what I was sort of amazed at, the state gets what? I, I think 6%? Doesn't state get 6%? Yeah, a percentage. Yeah, that's close to it. Okay, and then they had the election where, remember, this was on the November ballot last year, wasn't it? Wasn't it the yeah, November? Yeah, it was November. Yeah. November of last year where the, the municipalities and the counties 
essentially said, hey, would you like us to have that uh, 3% tax revenue as well too? And the thing that's interesting about it is the cities and the counties both got 3%. So in other words, if you bought, and I believe I'm correct in this, I think it passed in almost all of the St. Charles County munis, at least the big ones, what we call the Westplex, St. Peter's, St. Charles, O'Fallon, things like that. So the city gets 3% and the county gets 3% and the state gets 6%. So when you go in to buy your dope, let's say, can I say that? You go to buy your dope, you're paying 12% tax above the sales tax, correct? Is that the way it works? That's exactly right. And there's been a number of lawsuits whether these municipalities can actually stack the taxes like that. I believe that's still in litigation. But Brad, it's like anything else. Like when, when these local governments get an opportunity to tax something, uh, you know, whether it's cigarettes or, or whatever it is, um, they're, they're obviously gonna grab it. So if you go in and buy a dollar's worth of marijuana, and I'm just, I don't think you can buy a dollar's worth, right. but if you were to buy a dollar's worth marijuana, a marijuana, essentially you've got like 22% tax on it, yeah, correct? Depending on the municipality. Right. Sure. And it, it varies. But hey, from... remember, Brad, it's medicine. <laughs> yes, and it's... you need it for your glaucoma or your generalized but anxiety. Not anymore. It's it's recreational. They just blew the lid off the whole thing. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm not trying to say I'm an old guy because I'm an old guy, but John's a much younger guy than I am. But if when I was a senior in high school, if Let's say John Auble, because John Auble was around when I was a senior in high school. That's right. He's our guy. Right. You know, can we make him the official or the unofficial mascot of the show? You know, I wish he was still around. He was so much fun. He he passed in 2017. I looked it up yesterday. He was so much fun. And what was great about him was, you know this probably from working in the media business, because, you know, you dealt with a lot of media people. Mm -hmm. Some media people take themselves very seriously. You know what I'm saying? Right. They right. were just like, it's like Walter Cronkite Jr. You know, I'm right. a journalist. Though. And, Everybody's but, a Woodward and, and Bernstein right. in Missouri. But the thing that was cool about Auble was he was like this super journalist, but he was a fun guy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it he seems was, that way. He was just really fun to be around. He was always cracking jokes and always making wisecracks and stuff like that. Okay, so 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 I, I think I, I, I did deterred you. So let me go back to what you said. Was this the money? Was this the overall money? Or is this like the monthly money they had to file in the city of St. Louis that they didn't file? Well, when a municipality passes a, uh, a tax, they have a, a relatively short window. I believe it's 10 days to file necessary paperwork with the state. Uh, to get essentially to get the ball rolling on collecting those taxes, and the city of St. Louis just didn't file the paperwork. They forgot it, or whoever was in charge of it, you know, was sick that day, or at a protest, or Lord knows what. Uh, but, but they just filed the deadline. Now the upside for the city of St. Louis is that they went to the state, and were able to get a waiver, essentially giving them a free pass to file the paperwork and collect revenue starting in January. But, so again, according to estimates, I think it was uh, Alderwoman Megan Green said that she estimates the city missed out on somewhere north of $500,000. I would think it would be more than that. Wouldn't you think it would be more than that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I think a lot of it just depends on proximity and, and what, the, what the sales were right there. Mike Elam explained this to me, and that was the thing, and you just answered part of my other question, which I hadn't asked yet. See, you're, you're, like, you're like a mind reader. Okay, they voted on the thing in November, but I believe Mike said that the munis and the counties couldn't start getting money till the next year, which would have been January of this year, was, and that's essentially what you have then, correct? 
Yeah, that's right. Okay, so so in other words, they've lost out on they've lost out on the entire year's revenue, tax revenue then, right? Well, I think actually I think that the city, I think St. Louis City, uh, unless I'm mistaken, actually voted on that tax in April. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So they, they but still, I mean, it's half it, of a year it, they've missed. It wasn't out. on the ballot in November yeah. like it was in St. Charles County, because in, right. in St. Charles County, for the munis and for the county itself. Now, here's another thing. Okay, I'm going to think about this for a minute. There's an advantage to St. Louis City not being in a county. You know what that is? Think about it. For What's a minute. that? Oh, come on, come on, come on. You're a smart guy. You're gonna you're gonna realize what I'm gonna say here in a minute. I don't know. Go ahead. If you go to St. Charles City. And you buy your marijuana, you pay yeah. the state tax six percent. You pay the, ah, the muni tax stacked. the three so percent. You're only paying one tariff, or you're paying two tariffs instead of three. Exactly, you're only paying right. because there is no county in St. Louis City because it's an independent city. So in other words, you're paying nine cents, nine uh, percent tax on your marijuana. Whereas if you went to St. Charles County, or probably mostly, I mean, if you want to go to St. Louis City, you're paying only nine percent. And, Boy, you know, Brad, that is that is quite a tourism pitch. For- <laughs> right, <laughs> come come to the city and buy your marijuana and save three percent. Right, <laughs> I really worth it. I I've said, you know, I Shelly would get mad at me when I'd say these kind of things on the air. I go like, hey, a couple years from now it'll be cocaine. A couple years from then it'll be heroin. You know, I mean, hey, yeah. it's it's recreational. It's, it, it's hard. It's hard to make. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to make an argument against incrementalism. And you know, in Missouri. Fairly soon, I think, in, in the coming years, we'll end up having uh, legal psychedelics. I think it's going to be That's... increasingly hard to make the case why psychedelics should be illegal if marijuana is See, now what's interesting is I bet you there are people listening right now going, what the hell is he talking about? What When this is actually happening, hasn't this already been passed in Oregon? One of the... Yeah, there, there are several states, actually. And I mean, they're the states that you would presume. I, I know it's Oregon, and I, it might be the state of Washington as well. Uh, but there's a number of veterans groups actually have taken the lead on how uh, psilocybin, which is the active ingredient in psychedelic mushrooms, or the psychedelic active ingredient in mushrooms, uh, can help victims of post-traumatic stress disorder uh, and other things. So, you know, it's it's pretty much the same path that we saw with marijuana. If you can make a, a medical case for it, um, that's that's kind of the tip of the spear, so to speak. Yes, boys and girls, we are talking about magic mushrooms, right? <laughs> Absolutely, we sure are. <laughs> Which to me is like, okay, because see, and you you said something very interesting, incrementalism. Yes. I, I learned that years ago, and to me that's fascinating. And essentially what it is is that, like, let's say you got a neighbor who covets your lawn, okay? And he covets his your lawn because your lawn looks better. So what he starts doing is every time he cuts his lawn, he cuts six inches more into your lawn. Yep. And yep. then the next week, another six inches. So pretty soon he's claimed three feet of your lawn, you know, and you're going like, oh, why? whoa, whoa, whoa. Because once again, it's what's the old saying? If you put a if, if you, a frog in a, in a pot of boiling water. Right. If you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, he realizes right away he's in trouble. But if you put a frog in a in a pot of water that's lukewarm and then you slowly turn the heat up, he won't realize he's being cooked until that's it's absolutely until right. it's too late. And you know the the great thing and let's use magic mushrooms as an example here quickly. If you have a group of US military veterans that say that psilocybin um uh, help them overcome their PTSD, and you get 20 of them, and then you make and that and then it's medical, medically approved for two years. 
then you use those folks to make the case of why can't everyone, why can't every member of ex-military, people who've been abused, people who have a headache, why can't those people find relief too? And then it becomes, you know, I'm big on the whole victimhood narrative. Then it becomes, I am entitled to have the same uh, access to these tools that the first group of people have. Well, yeah, and that's incremental. Well, and, and once again, it's to the point where, where I mean, you know what? I left my pocket constitution out in my car again. I, I talked about this <laughs> yesterday. Um, you go back and you go back and look at the prohibition. And I believe it was 1919. Didn't I, I believe that wasn't that you didn't you think that was the right year? 1919 yeah, I, prohibition I think so. that went makes in. Sense. And it wasn't thrown out until the late 20s. Okay. Right. So here, and, and once again, we have, and I don't know if you know this about me, um, I put myself through college as a police dispatcher. Did I ever tell you this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, you've listened to the station. You've heard me talk about this probably too many times. Shelly, oh, he, I never heard he was a police dispatcher. <laughs> In so many ways, that changed my life because this was a long time ago. This is when driving drunk was, and I hate to even say this, it sounds very crass and callous right now. Driving drunk was not that big of a deal. It was now, permissible. Yeah, and it was to the point, oh, yeah, he had a few a few too many, and he drove off right. the road and hit a tree. <laughs> it was that kind of stuff, okay? And then it got to the point where I think where, and I don't know, actually, the I should probably look, it's probably on Wikipedia, the founding of MAD, where right. all it takes is one person or a group of people to say, hold on a minute, this is not right, yep. this, is, this is wrong, and we have to change things. And now it's to the point where driving drunk, for the most part, you know, tell me if you agree or disagree, is socially reprehensible. Wouldn't it's, you? It's frowned upon. Right. For sure. To the point where if somebody says, well, so-and-so got pulled over DWI, hit a couple mailboxes in his subdivision, people are going, wow, that guy's he's a terrible yeah. person. And back 50 years ago, it was just, oh, he's a party animal. Yeah, what do you expect? You know, that kind of stuff. But, well, and, and Brad, let me point out too that today, among the younger set, and by younger, I mean Gen X folks such as myself, which aren't that, which aren't that young anymore, but also it's almost a status symbol today to be able to afford an Uber. So if I meet up with my buddies, male, female, whatever, somewhere in St. Louis, and I don't drink, but they drink, and if they get loaded, you know, it's nothing for, to have them do, uh, you know, they'll take an Uber to the bar and an Uber home, and it's kind of a flex that you can drop 50 or $60 on an Uber and not worry about it, instead of thinking, oh, it's fine, I'm not gonna pay for a taxi like you had to do 10 years ago and drive home. You know, it's funny you should mention that because I have a list of things to talk about today. We'll talk about this a little bit later. Uh, you know, I'm a radio geek. You know that. And I listen Absolutely. to a lot of different radio stations. And yesterday, I was driving around uh, taking care of some business. I was listening to uh, The Patriot, 104.9, and with uh, 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 Clay and Buck, okay? I and I, I wrote a note. Let's do that in the third segment today. We'll talk about what they're talking about, airports and Uber, okay, which I thought was interesting. Right. Okay, so so – I, I sort of sidetracked you. I apologize if I did that. You got to number two. What was the number three story? Oh, uh, let's see. Actually, I'm, I, in real time, I'll scroll down here. Um, let's see. You know, an interesting thing is that the Missouri Public Service Commission has approved Ameren's time of use rates. And I think everybody in our listing area is, is dealing with this right now. And essentially, all the energy companies across the United States, it, it costs them more money to, to produce energy during the day. Like energy is just more expensive during the day. And they've been trying to figure out how they can pass that, 
how they can pass that cost along to consumers. And in doing so, they had to go to the Missouri Public Service Commission to get approval for it. Now, the Missouri Public Service Commission just last week, or maybe it was earlier this week, I think it was the end of last week, just approved Ameren's default, which is that uh, if you don't choose, essentially, you're going to be put in the default um, spending more category unless you choose not to. Okay, translate what that means. <laughs> well, that means is for most of us, so I'll, I'll use myself as an example. I chose the plan whereby if I use electricity from 9 p.m. at night to 9 a.m., uh, I'm charged at a lower rate than I would if I used electricity during the day. You see what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Now, what's fascinating to me about this is, and once again, I'm a nerd about this kind of stuff. Yep. Ameren UE switched over to their smart meters. Yep. Where, and, and once again, one of the nice features of the smart meter is that if you don't pay your bill, they don't even have to send somebody out. They just hit the switch and your meter turns itself <laughs> yep, off. You're, you're done. <laughs> All right. But... To me, what's frustrating about this is they chose not to give you access to your meter. Now, when I say that, some of the meters out there, we don't have them in the St. Louis area, but some of the meters out there around the country have a Wi-Fi connection where you can log into your meter and you can watch your electricity usage real time. Now, what Ameren's doing is they're doing that on their end, but you don't have access to it at least real-time access to it. And the idea being is that you have to go through them for access. Now, what's sort of also interesting about this is they are using AI on your meter, and they can figure out by certain signatures that your your various appliances and things like that have as far as turning off and turning on yep. and cycling and things like that. They know what's what's in your house. They know. I believe that. What's that? Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly believe that that's true. They know you have a washer and a dryer. They know you have two or three refrigerators or maybe one. And they know what time you wash your clothes. They know what time you Absolutely. run your dryer. And I'm going like, no, hold on a minute now. Because part of that and what they've been leading up to with these smart meters is exactly what you're talking about. That in the old days with the old meter that spun around and around and around, <laughs> they had no idea where you, when you were using electricity. They For had sure. they had yeah. a rough idea on the entire grid because they knew there was, you know, they were so when much. there would be a surge. Right, yeah. right. That, you know, and a matter of fact, when I first got into the into the broadcasting business, one of the things that, that was interesting, matter of fact, came up my college classes did you know back in the day, uh, back in the in the 50s and, and even through the 60s, municipalities built their sewage and their water systems for peak demand during commercial breaks on network television? Did you know I that? didn't know that. Yes. I did not know that. But I, but I have heard of the flush test, right. which and, is where they're able to tell in the morning when people get up. Right. And the idea being is back in the day when everybody had their choice of like here in St. Louis, we had three, essentially three channels. We had two, four and five. We had ABC on two. We had uh, CBS on four and, and, and NBC on five. And then you have obviously, you know, you had PBS, you had KTC and KDNL and then, you know, our, our, K, our, our KPLR and then it came along KDNL. So the idea being is that if everybody in the country at 7.30 at night was watching a particular show and a commercial break came on, 
Everybody went to the bathroom at the same time, and they flushed the toilet at the same time, so they had to engineer the water system so we could take that peak of demand for the water going through the system and then the peak of supply of sewage coming through the system. So they had to design the system. And see, it was interesting because my dad was a civil engineer, and I talked to him about this, and he goes, yep, he says, he says that's, you know, and he told me the whole story about how you, there was a factor you had to factor in that, you know, if you had an average flow in a water main of, I don't know, I mean, so many gallons per minute or something like that, or gallons per second, that there was peak demand times. And it's sort of like, I don't know, you're probably too young for this, but there was a time when, uh, in my subdivision where I grew up as a kid, in the summer, when you watered your lawn, you couldn't get much pressure out of the 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 hose because oh, I remember those. Days. Everybody yeah, absolutely. was and especially at your own house, if you were running a washing machine, right? You know, yeah, right. If everybody in your neighborhood was running their sprinkler, you didn't get much water out of your sprinkler system. Yep, and that was because primarily because the water main was not sized properly. Anyway, we have to take a break. Um, he's John. I'm Brad. Together, we are. Um, what are we doing? I don't know. Egbert's letting us have some fun with the radio station, but we do have to pay some bills because he informed us that he's not going to spend money on everything when he can make some money so advertisers. So here we go. It's 724.